0: Welcome to the LifeHouse podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Welcome to Church Online. Welcome to Life Home. It's good to be here, right? We are in part five of our Sounds of Summer series. And it's been an amazing series, just kind of bringing in summer in a fresh and exciting way, even though the world's a little bit crazy at the moment. It's good. God's still good. We've been talking about the different things that we, we love about summer. One of them, of course, is holidays. It's the sun. It's swimming. It's ice cream. Uh, Pastor Josh last week spoke about the different sounds that we can hear, like the sound of a lawnmower and the sound of crickets and cricket, which I've been learning to love uh, every Saturday, eight hours. Come on, somebody, any cricket fans out there? But you know what? There are a few things that aren't amazing about summer. And I'm sure there are some people, when you think of summer or spring, You straight away think of hay fever. Now, I don't think I have hay fever, but as soon as spring hit, let me be real, my my nose felt all clogged up and um, I started sneezing a lot. It's definitely not COVID, don't worry. But I know a lot of people do struggle with hay fever. We've all heard about it. It's not a fun thing. But I'm wondering this morning, have you heard of fear fever Fear fever. That's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. I feel like a lot of us can struggle with it. You, you look around the place, and it looks like there's a lot of people who are sniffling with a bit of fear fever. I'm sure Wednesday afternoon you experienced that. If you drove outside of your home, you would have seen the lines for the supermarkets. You know, a little bit of a little bit of fear fever. 2020 has been the year, I reckon, where we've learnt that things spread quick. To begin with, we had the fires um, and uh, like our hearts and prayers are going out to everyone because we've had recent fires as well. But we've had we've had fires, we've had COVID, there's been rallies and movements that have spread quick. News spreads quick. Oh my gosh, before the COVID update live stream thing that the government does, bless him. Um, had before that had even finished, the, the supermarkets were already empty, like the news just spread so quick. Things spread so quick, but I'm sure that we can agree. Another thing that has been spreading really quick and tends to spread really quick is fear fear that we're we're not going to have enough, fear of missing out, fear of running out, fear of uh, health, fear of death, fear fever. People got it. And I want to tell you about a time when, when we were allowed to travel and we went to travel further than Mount Barker. We went all the way to the Philippines for a missions trip, compassion field trip, and it was an amazing experience. Got to meet so many incredible people and... There was this time when uh, we'd finished with with compassion and we were visiting a lot of the local CRC churches and saying hi to everyone and someone had the great idea, oh, we should get Tash to run a kids' program. So I did literally everything. Um, I, I sung and if anyone has ever heard me sing, you know that that is not a good time. I danced. I spoke the word, I did the games, the whole kit and caboodle. It was um, interesting, not as good as as Life Kids, let me just say that. But on the way to the kids ministry, we stopped off at a local church and when we rocked up, there was dogs everywhere. A couple of dogs, like five or six puppies, just running amok at this church where me and the leaders had stopped to pick up some things. And you know, when we got there, I realized I kind of got to go to the loo. Um, but in the Philippines, they call it the CR. So that's where I went. I went to the CR, did what I had to do. Sorry, I know it's a little bit of TMI, but stick with me. Um, I didn't have any toilet paper, so I used a little bit of, a, a bit, a little bit of tissue. Um, and you're not meant to flush the, the tissue in the toilet. You're meant to put it in a little bin. And so I thought I'll be, I'll be good and I'll, I'll do that because I love the environment. And so I finished up there and um, I walked out where the rest of the leaders were in this this church and just kind of did my thing. And all of a sudden, one of these crazy little dogs comes running out of the room that I was in with a piece of tissue in its mouth. Now, I knew in that bin there was only one piece of tissue and that was mine. And I knew as soon as the dog ran out, oh, my goodness, it's literally got my urine in its mouth. And so it comes running up to me um, and the people around, I'm trying to just be like, yes, good day, isn't it? Kids ministry. Um, But I couldn't help the fact that this dog had run up to me and dropped this piece of tissue at my feet, almost like, oh, hey, you, you left this behind. I'm just giving it back to you and I thought oh well that's very kind you know dogs are very very kind creatures so I, I kind of discreetly put my, my foot over the top of the tissue so that no one would realise kind of what's, what's happening but this dog did not have good intentions in mind. He began to rip up the tissue from underneath my foot and and pull it out bit by bit in like this methodical manner and he started to pass out this the little pieces of tissue to every single one of the puppies to the whole family of dogs till every single dog had a piece of my tissue in its mouth and i kid you not you can't even make these things up these dogs started doing laps like my urine doing laps around the room around these beautiful people that i'm trying to impress my singing it was a mess. It was embarrassing. And there was nothing that I could do about it. They would shredded it up, they'd run it around. And a bit of a, bit of a weird story, sorry. If, um, if that freaked you out a little bit, we'll bring it back. There's a, there's a point to this. And that is that how often can, can we, when we get a whiff of, of fear, when we get a whiff of something scary, a little bit of fear fever in the air, how often can we begin to, to, to pull that apart, to pass it around as, as human beings, I mean, uh, on, on that human level, you know, like we tweet about it, we text about it, we talk about it, we think about it, we, we pull things apart, we share it around when we're, when we're scared, when we're afraid and, and also we can do that internally. Inside of ourselves, our mind can pull things apart. Oh my gosh, I wonder if if they think about me like this. Uh, when I said this, I really meant it in this, but in this way. But what if they thought about it in this way? And we can begin to fear. Oh my gosh, am I going to have enough? Am I going to be able to provide? There's there's fires and there's COVID. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with my kids? And our minds can begin to to pull things apart and to pass it around. Where where we were were. Fine. Our mind is inserting fear and it can become a real mess. Fear fever. You could be fearing losing your job, fearing losing your health, fearing losing a family member. And from that point, we can begin to assume the worst, take drastic measures. There's a man in the Bible who we've been talking about a lot in this series. His name is David. And the reason we will be talking about him is because he writes a whole lot of the Psalms and David, he suffered, he battled his whole life with a fever of fear. Now, it's a long story, but in short, basically, he grew up out bush. He was was a man from the outback. He was looking after the sheep, tending his father's flocks. When God saw him, he called him, he anointed him, and he appointed him to be king over the entire land. And from that point, David, he began to serve, well, not really that point, there was a few things in between, but you know, long story short, he began to serve the current king at the time, King Saul. And when King Saul saw David do all these amazing things, he began to be a little bit jealous. He began to start, he started throwing spears at David. And so David realized, I got to get out of this place. And Saul's son, Jonathan, was really good friends with David. They were best buddies. And Jonathan's like, bro, you you need to go, this place ain't safe anymore. And David's said, like, well, I can't pick that up because of the, the whole spear throwing thing and so he flees, he flees, he flees the kingdom that he was called to be king, that God had already anointed him to be king and he runs away, he runs out of that place for fear of his life and he goes to a nearby town, he collects some, some supplies, he collects some bread and he collects a sword that he knew very well, it was the sword that he'd used to chop the head of Goliath, it was Goliath's own sword, you remember the story, he pinned him down with a rock and, and then he stole his sword, chopped off his head, it was that sword, he picked up that sword and he left from that place to a town called Gath. And I bet you can never guess who used to live in that town. Goliath. He fled into enemy territory. He fled into Goliath's hometown with the sword that he used to kill Goliath. I don't think he thought it through. That's crazy. He went from from having spears thrown at him to running out of his kingdom, fearing for his life. But really, he went out of the frying pan and into the fire, into deep enemy territory. And when he rocked up, people had a thing or two to say about him. We're going to read it in, let's go, uh, I think it's 1 Samuel. I don't think, I know. It's 1 Samuel. And we're going to read verse 11. This is what they said. Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And you know, I reckon in David's mind it began to play out. Hang on, guys. That's David. Isn't he the one who killed Goliath? Isn't that his sword? Isn't he the one who when he was just a little boy, he... He bet us in that battle. Isn't that David, our enemy? And David, at this point, he was in up to his ears. He was freaking out. And he does something a little bit weird. You could say a little bit crazy. Verse 12, David took these words to heart and was very much afraid. He had some fear fever, a serious case of fear fever. He was afraid of Akish, king of Gath. Verse 13, so he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks in the doors. He was scratching at the doors of the gate and letting sliver run down his beard. Akish said to his servants, king Akish said, look at this man, he's insane. Well done, Akish. you guessed it, Gaffed it. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Have you ever been so full of fear that you were driven mad? I mean, you might say, yes, Wednesday prime example. David, he was so afraid. He was so fearful. He had such a bad case of fear fever that he pretended to be mad. You see, David, he, he lived such a life of persecution from every side. And really, when you look at it, the main reason for a lot of his persecution was the fact that he had been anointed by God. The fact that he had a heart that chased after God, that, that he was called. He had a calling of God in his life. And there were people around who were trying to destroy that calling, trying to stop that calling in his tracks. And I want to encourage you today because I, I really felt to, to speak a little bit about persecution. And I felt to encourage you, if you've been experiencing some persecution, maybe it's because the call of God is on your life. You know, John says in 1 John 3, 13, do not be surprised if, and some translations say when the world hates you. Do not be surprised if, if, if people are hating, if people are persecuting, if you're at work or at school or at uni or at a big family gathering with your extended family and people start to 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 pick on the things that you're saying they start to pay you out mock you for for what you believe in or, or maybe people are trying to um, get you to go back on your word or in some extreme situations create distance between you because they disagree with with what you what you say and the things that you stand for in your faith in Jesus Christ maybe people have caught a little a little whiff of your faith, and and that's amazing. We're called to be witnesses to this world. We're called to be light in this world. And so what do we do when we're in those situations? What do we do if we're like David and we feel like we're in up to our ears and there are people talking about us when we're not in the room and people are saying unkind, untrue things? What do we do? I want to read you a psalm this morning from Psalm 119, verse 161. And it says, Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart, my heart trembles at your word. Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at the word of God. You know, there are many things that are vying for our trembling. You turn on the news and you get bombarded with all sorts of things. But also, sometimes it's the perceptions that other people have of us that make us tremble. What people think, the way people act, the way, the way people treat us can make us tremble. You might say, well, no. <laughs> yeah, some people do deal with that, you know. Some people struggle with people-pleasing, but I don't... I do what I want and I don't care who cares. But really, I wonder how often when we, when we boil down the things that we do, I wonder how often we're actually doing those things to get the, the acceptance we want, to get respect, to be loved, to be known, to be uh, brought into a community and a group of friends. Like, just look at this. I bet a lot of us right now, We're in our tracky-dacks, we're in our PJs, we're sitting down, watching life home because no one else is around. We're watching church online. But I bet you the moment we're back at church, the heels are out, the jeans are on, we're looking fresh, we're looking good to go because we wanna be socially acceptable. We wanna be loved, we wanna be brought in, right? Am I right? Maybe you're you're dressed up right now, good for you. (laughs) but I I think it's a real thing. I, I reckon that a lot of us do these things so that we can be accepted because we tremble a little bit at the thought of being alone. We tremble at the thought of being unloved. But you know what? When you're a follower of Jesus, when you know the word of God, when you know that you're fully loved, that you're fully accepted, even though you're a mess, even though you might be a little bit crazy, that God loves you anyway. He he gave his son for you because he wants to know you and be in relationship with you. And when we know that, when we know the word of God, we can say, "Hey, rulers persecute me without cause. People are saying things against me, but my heart, my heart trembles at the word. My heart doesn't tremble at what's on the news." My heart doesn't tremble at the things that fear me. My heart trembles at the word of God. A holy kind of reverence for the things that God says, for the things that God is. You know what? After David had this, you could call it an episode. After he had this episode, he snapped out of it and he penned a psalm. He penned Psalm 34. I mean, Classic David, like what do you do? You have a good day, you write a psalm. You have a bad day, you write a psalm. You act like a crazy person, you write a psalm. And so he writes Psalm 34, and we're going to read that this morning from verse 1 through to verse 11. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You know, the vaccine, the antidote to fear fever is to seek the Lord and to fear the Lord, to seek the Lord and to fear the Lord. I remember the fear of God being explained to me like this, that it's not fearing what will happen or could happen when you're in the arms of God, but what would happen if you're not? You see, in the arms of God, there is protection. In the arms of God, there is safety. There is love. There is everything that we need. In the arms of God, there is goodness. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You might lack a pat on the back from a mate that you really want the approval of. You might lack the the invitation to a gathering. You might lack the promotion that you really want. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. There might be some things that we think are good, but we shouldn't get disheartened if we don't have those things. Because ultimately, we have what is good when we have God. Let's go back to Psalm 34, verse four. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. There was a time when uh, we were getting ready for a youth camp and I had the incredible opportunity (laughs) to drive a car with a massive trailer, like Bob's trailer, if you've ever seen it. It's one of those big ones with walls all around And I'd been given the responsibility to drive this car with this trailer bigger than the car down the freeway to Mount Barker to drop off some mattresses and some some stage blocks and things like that. So I had a few people with me in the car and I remember I was building up speed on the freeway uh, because I was a little bit worried that we wouldn't be able to enter the freeway at the, the speed that we needed to and so we were going faster and faster and I, I, I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw that the trailer was kind of doing one of these ones. It was wobbling back and forth and my friend who was next to me got a little bit spooked. She she saw the railing coming up as we were going around that bend and... Um, she thought we were getting a bit too close, and so she yanked the wheel over, um, and all of a sudden the car and the trailer jackknifed in, and we started spinning out of control on the entrance of the freeway, going about eighty k's an hour, spinning out of control. And I was like, "This is the end. Our lives are over. My my life was was literally flashing before my eyes." And I remember as we were probably on our third spin around, I cried out on the name of Jesus as loud as I could. I went, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, and you know what happened? The exact moment that I called out on the name of Jesus, we did our last spin. And we, we got lodged in the side of the road, in the in the bank of the road. We didn't tumble down. I thought we could do a few rolls and end up on the other side of the freeway. We didn't hit a tree. We missed every pole that there was. And we ended up lodging in, in the safest place possible, facing the oncoming traffic, but completely off the side of the road. I tell you what, I sought the Lord and he delivered me. I called out on the name of the Lord and he rescued me. That night I went home and I read Psalm 118, which says, God brought me into a spacious place. And Psalm 18 says, he brought me into a spacious place. He he delivered me because he, he delighted in me. I remember that moment being so amazed and realizing, wow, Jesus saved me. And I encourage you today, whatever's going on, God knows what's happening. Call out on the name of Jesus. I sought the Lord and he answered me. I cried out on the name of the Lord and he rescued me. I have a simple message for you today. When things go wrong, seek God. When things go right, seek God. When you're spinning out of control, seek God. When things seem crazy, seek God. When you're fearing, seek God. When you don't know what to do, seek God. When you think you know what to do, seek God. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. One last Psalm this morning, which I kind of mentioned before, but we're gonna read the whole thing. It comes from Psalm 18 and we're gonna read verse 19, which says, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. He rescued me because he delighted in me. You know, Jesus loves you so much that he literally left his kingdom. He, unlike David, didn't leave his kingdom because... he he was afraid and because he had to flee for his life. No, he left his, his kingdom not because he was full of fear, but because he was full of love, because he loved you so much. There's a Bible verse that says, for the joy that was set before him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. It was because He delighted in you. He delivers you because He delights in you. Not because He sees you as a project or He feels like He he needs to do something to prove that He is brave and and that He's God and He's good. You know, He does it because He delights in you. What an encouragement to call out on the name of Jesus, to, to seek Him, to cry out on His name because He will deliver us because He delights in us eternally. Our our souls, we can trust once we've made that decision to say, God, I give you my life. I want you to lead me. I don't want to do things my own way anymore. When you've made that decision, when you've cried out on the name of Jesus, you know that your soul is safe. That whatever happens, the highs and the lows, the good days and the bad days, that you've got a place in the house of God something eternal that cannot be taken from you, that cannot be robbed, that cannot be destroyed, a house in the heavens and a place just for you. He does it because he delights in you. And if you've never made a decision to say, God, I want you, God, I need you, I choose to seek you and call out on the name of Jesus, what better time than right now? right where you are as you're watching this if you have never said that if you've never made that decision I encourage you to do that right now just a prayer in your heart or out loud to say God I seek you I want you in my life I give my life to you I want you and I need you how about we pray all together feel free to stand with me as well let's choose to see God and to bring whatever's going on in your hearts in your minds in your family in the lives of your friends, things that you're worried about. Let's choose to bring those before God, to seek God together. Father God, we thank you that you are here and that you are with us wherever we are, all across Murray Bridge and beyond, Lord Jesus, that you are with us, that you've made that promise in your Word, that you'll always be with us. So we just choose right now, God, to acknowledge and to say thank you for standing with us. Thank you for loving us thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you that you delight in us so much that you choose to to deliver us through your son, through your sacrifice. God, you know everything that's going on right now in our lives, the, the known things and the hidden things. And we choose right now to bring these things before you, to cry out on your name. I pray, God, all over this place that You'll deliver people from fear. In Jesus' Name, I just speak to fear and I say that fear has to flee underneath the Name of Jesus. That instead, God, within every heart and with every mind, within every household, Lord God, that Your peace will rest right now in Jesus' Name. That Your peace will rest. God, we look to You. We seek You. We love you. In your mighty, mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at LifeHouse. God's house, our home.